Welcome to Long-Term Care Radio on Seattle's Cairo Radio. Long-Term Care Radio is brought to you in part by 525 Advisors, your local long-term care experts. Brian Ott is a certified long-term care planning specialist and will show you how to protect the people you love from the financial, physical, and emotional consequences of a long-term care situation. Because of new state and federal laws, there are new and exciting options you need to know about. Now, here's your host, Brian Ott. So let's talk about one of uh, my favorite subjects out there in the whole great wide world, and that is taxes. Um, You know, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to, you know, put a bet out there that the vast majority of people, the overwhelming majority of people have no idea how much we are paying in taxes. Now, wait a second. You're probably thinking, how can that be? And let's think about this for a minute and, and, and discuss taxes that we pay. The first big area that we pay taxes are income taxes. Most of us are familiar with income tax, and many of us pay less in federal tax than we think. In fact, about, mm, I think it's 45% of Americans pay no federal tax. But if you went out and you surveyed people on the street, they wouldn't know that. Um, We generally pay less federal taxes than we think we do. And why is that? Well, number one, it's because of our paychecks. It's how we get paid. Um, you earn $10,000 a month, but your take-home is $6,200. So you're paying about 38% in taxes. So people will do the math on that and say, oh, yeah, you know, I'm paying about a third of my, my uh, income in taxes. But actually that's wrong because you've got to remember that 7.5% of that that we pay as employees is Social Security. And technically, Social Security reduces the amount of federal taxes. It's like a 401k. You take that money out, and it reduces the amount that's actually taxable on the federal tax rate. Then we have those 401k contributions that reduce the amount that comes out of our check. Um, But we also pay things like Medicare and Medicaid and paid family leave. And in most states out there, you have income tax, which is you know anywhere from uh, two to three percent to to ten percent uh, in places like California. So actually, when we do the math, what we're really figuring that we're paying to federal taxes is a lot less. But that's far from the the end of the story, and that's not really the point I'm trying to make here. The truth is that we pay more tax in total than we think. So let's keep the discussion going on taxes that we actually pay, and let's turn this to different areas where we pay taxes. Number one, let's talk about the money that we save. A lot of people don't think about it, but we actually pay tax on every dollar that we save. So if you're taxed, um, if you're, you're putting money in a savings account, you're going to earn interest, and you're going to get that 1099-I at the end of the year. If money's in a money market account, you're going to get a 1099-I or a CD. You're going to get a 1099-I. That's just the amount of interest that you earned for that period of time. And usually it's, it's annually, so they're going to spit that 1099 out at the end of the year. So interest is actually taxed as regular income. So whatever your income rates are, if you're 22 24%, you're going to pay 22 or 24% of that interest that you earn. Investments, again, money that we're putting away are taxed as capital gains. So the short term, meaning, you know, I buy an investment and I sell that investment within a year, that's going to be taxed at a regular income rate. So it's just like interest. You're going to pay full income rates on those investment returns. Long-term capital gains, so that's something that you held over a year, 
currently that's going to be 15 or 20% of what you earn is going to be taxed. That's a long-term capital gains tax. Now, this is something that the current administration right now, believe it or not, is trying to move back up to just regular income tax levels. And I think there's a really good shot that that's going to get pushed through. I mean, they've been talking about that forever. That's the comments you hear about, you know, Warren Buffett actually pays less tax than his secretary. Well, it's because all the money that Warren Buffett makes personally is long-term capital gains. And so that's what they're talking about. So Wall Street's really fighting this, but they're trying to get long-term capital gains taxes regular income. Now for a lot of us we think oh all those Wall Street barons they they deserve that but think of you know think of a stock that maybe you bought you bought Starbucks stock at $9 and now it's at $100 and you held on to it and now you're going to sell it. Well guess what? Now now they want to charge you full income tax on that. And of course that's going to push your gross adjusted income level up so you might go from that 22 to 24 that 24 to 28% income tax rate just by selling that stock. So it's very dangerous. But that's something that they're really trying to do. Another place that we pay tax that a lot of people forget about is the retirement accounts. We, we know that they're tax deferred, but a lot of people confuse that thinking that, you know, possibly they're tax free or somehow I can get that money out. And if I have an IRA, a 401k, a 403b, a deferred comp, it doesn't matter. That's money that I haven't paid tax on today. But when I go to take that out in the future, that's just taxed as regular income. And the interesting point on retirement accounts is that there's a myth out there. And the myth goes like this. You're going to be making less income in retirement, so you're going to be at a lower tax rate. And folks, I I will just tell you, uh, we've studied this over and over again in our, our retirement income certified professional courses. It rarely happens because you do not have to be making more income to be in a higher tax rate because think about it, where you're at in retirement, what have you lost? You've lost the deductions. And a lot of those deductions are for things like our children. Our kids are grown and gone. We don't have any dependents. Our mortgage is paid off, which was a huge expense for us. So we had all that interest that we were able to deduct along the way. So a lot of times people are assuming they're going to be in a lower tax bracket in the future, and they're not. They're actually in a higher tax bracket. And the more money you make, you got to remember, Social Security is taxed as well, too, unless you're down in the very bottom rungs on the income levels there, too. So we pay tax in a lot of different ways on the income side and the savings side. And I think a lot of people understand this. And they, they understand the income and they understand the retirement to a degree that they're, they're going to be taxed. But now I want to talk about taxes that uh, eat up more of our money than we believe and than we even know about. And that is the tax that we pay when we spend our money, when we spend our take-home money, the money that we bring home from our job, the money that we bring home from our investments, even after we pay those taxes, those capital gains taxes and the income taxes. This is the money that's left over. And I think this is one of the most sinister types of tax because a lot of times they are hidden. I mean, just take a look at your phone bill. If you take a look at your phone bill, probably 25 to 30% of that phone bill is taxes, state, local, federal taxes, and surcharges. How about your property tax? Have you ever really broken down your property tax? I've got unincorporated road tax. I've got library tax. I mean, the list just goes down and down and down. All the special levies, that's the property tax. Gasoline tax. For those of us that live out here in Washington State, we have one of the highest gasoline taxes in the country. And then, of course, we have sales tax. Sales tax is very common. There's a few states that don't have sales tax, but in most states, like in Washington State, that's a prime revenue driver is sales tax on everything except for food here. Um, 
excise tax on real estate. That's something people forget about. You got capital gains, but you also have an excise tax. What about alcohol tax, tobacco tax, what we call the sin taxes? Those, I mean, go to Costco and look at the, uh, pick a, 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 an alcohol, a bottle of vodka, and look at the taxes. It's like 25 to 35% of the cost of that bottle is in taxes. We have soda tax and sugar taxes now, so on candy bars and sodas. Um, restaurant taxes. A lot of people don't realize this. You have sales tax, and then there'll be special taxes on dining out in a lot of cities and a lot of metropolitan areas. Airline tax. Buy an airline ticket. Look at the fees you pay there. Federal, state, local, air, airport duty taxes. Parking taxes when you park somewhere at the airport or you park in a private parking lot. Then we have one of the biggest ones of all, rental car tax. Uh, I just pulled out a bill from uh, uh, when I was out in Colorado just uh, a few months ago. And folks, we had a concession recovery fee of 11.1%. We had a vehicle licensing cost of 0.48%. We had a faculty use fee plus tax. We had a road safety program fee of $16. We had an energy surcharge of $1.49. And then we had tax on top of all of that at 13.25%. Think about that. I mean, that that... That was that was a close to 40% of the bill for the rental car were just these taxes and surcharges. Ever rent a hotel room? Take a look at that. That's where a lot of us are paying for stadiums in other cities that we're never even going to go to because they put all these new stadium taxes on hotel rooms. So that's another hit in tax. And, I mean, it just goes on and on. I mean, there was a group out here in Seattle that wanted to put $0.25 cents a cup tax on Starbucks coffee. And the idea was that if you could afford to pay $3 for a cup of coffee, you could afford to pay 25% more for a tax to, I don't know what the cause was. It was for the children or, or the homeless or something. Um, you've got title insurance tax, license plate tax, library taxes, park and wild area taxes, uh, pet taxes, bicycle registration fees. I mean, the list goes on and on. We could have an entire episode about taxes. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because we have got a new tax coming we got a new tax coming here in Washington state that's going to affect everybody that gets a paycheck, and that's the long-term care services and support tax, or known as the Long-Term Care Trust Act. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but also when we get back, I want to talk about why taxes and long-term care, why you, what you need to know about taxes and long-term care insurance, and why long-term care insurance can be so advantageous when it comes time for paying for care. And a lot of it has to do with taxes on the front end and taxes on the back end, and I'm gonna explain both of those. So stick around, we're gonna take a quick break. We'll be right back. Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, providing valuable insight to protect you in the event of an extended healthcare situation. Learn more by attending one of Brian's free classes this month. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com, 525longtermcare.com. Have you heard? Beginning next year, all W-2 employees in our state will be taxed for long-term care, but not if you have an existing plan in place. The new government program will make Washington State employees pay for a long-term care plan through a new payroll tax. You won't have a choice, and you won't be able to opt out unless you have an existing plan in place, like my wife and I do, through 525 Advisors. 
Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans by attending a free live webinar Saturday, June 5th at 9 a.m. If you can't attend, there's another one Wednesday, June 9th at 3. Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good long-term care plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it, protecting your loved ones and everything you've worked so hard for. They also have plans that pay you back if you never need it. So attend the free live webinar Saturday, June 5th at 9 a.m. There's also another one Wednesday, June 9th at 3. Register now at 525longtermcare.com. For the most options, including new plans that protect you and your loved ones and pay you back if you never use them, visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Staying in control of your care options is a better alternative than letting the government decide for you. Welcome back to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, Certified Long-Term Care Planning Specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back, and thanks again for uh, tuning in. Um, You just heard the ads. We've got a couple classes coming up. We've got um, Saturday, June 5th at um, at 9 a.m. is going to be our next long-term care planning class. And then we're going to follow that up on Wednesday the 9th at 3 p.m. in the afternoon with another class. Now, these are the same classes. So if you can't make one, sign up for the other one. It's just a great way to really get your toes in the water, understand what long-term care insurance is, what it pays for, the different types of plans, how you set up a plan, the process that you go through to get a plan. So, again, those classes are on our website at 525longtermcare.com. And I will tell you, we're getting a lot of interest because of this new tax that is coming here in Washington State, um, Long-Term Care Trust Act, or it's also known as Long-Term Services and Support Act. And basically, it's just a new payroll tax, kind of like the paid family leave tax that you are going to pay into. And then it's going to fund a big trust fund. And then down the road, if you paid into it for 10 years, you then can get vested. And then as long as you live in Washington State, and you meet their requirements for long-term care, which is different from the private insurance market, by the way. But if you meet their requirements of needing help with three activities of daily living, and then you go through the Department of Human and Health Services protocol, and they come out and they verify and they do all those things, you can get up to $100 a day for a year. Now, folks, I'm just going to tell you right now, I cannot even sell a policy, an individual private long-term care insurance policy for $100 a day for a year. That's considered short-term care. So it's kind of funny that the state did that. But um, again, it's just another tax, and it's another reason why you really need to think about this and say, hey, does it make sense for me to have my own plan that I own that is portable? Because remember, if you're paying into the trust fund and you move out of state, I don't care if you paid in for 20 years, you don't get care. And if you've paid in for five years and then you move out of the state for five years and you come back, guess what? you got to start the clock again, and you got to pay into that fund for 10 years before you get vested. So there's a lot of loopholes, and there's um, and again, it's just not meaningful coverage. But the reason why I was talking about taxes today is because I want you to just think about how many taxes you pay. I mean, my list, folks, I've probably missed 50 things where we're paying taxes as well, too. I mean, you think of all the things that, you know, pet tax, for instance, you got to register your cat and dog. That's just a tax. Bicycle registration fees, all those things. The states just keep piling them on. And at some point, you look at the states with the highest taxes, and they're actually the states that are in the biggest trouble, like California, New York, and Illinois. And yet Washington State is just following in that path. 
with this new Long-Term Care Trust Act. And their attitude is, well, we're providing this service because most people don't go out and buy long-term care insurance, so we're just going to force them to do it. The problem is what they're providing us isn't, it's not even a Band-Aid. I mean, it's just, it's not even true long-term care coverage. So they're going to tax us for it, and the only way out of it is if you have a plan. And what that brings me back to is why there's so many reasons why you want to have a plan, but a lot of it you have to understand or there are great tax advantages with having your own long-term care insurance plan. In fact, the name of our company, 525 Advisors, people always ask me that, where did the 525 come from? That's an IRS tax publication titled Taxable and Non-Taxable Income. And one of the things you need to understand is that long-term care insurance is a tax-free benefit for you. So when you go to make that claim, you're pulling that money out tax-free. So let's talk about how taxes and long-term care insurance kind of work. And the first thing I want you to understand is that the benefits that you receive when you file that claim, that money comes back to you tax-free. That's why I tell people to think about long-term care insurance as just a big bucket of cash because when you're pulling that money out, it does not affect your adjusted gross income. What happens if you have to sell assets to pay for care? Well, if it's a retirement account, you're paying income tax on that. If it's real estate, you're paying capital gains tax and excise tax. If it's stocks, you're paying income or capital gains tax on that. So again, there's always taxes because when we convert assets to income, there's some kind of tax there that's going to go along with that. And that's why having a dedicated source of money like long-term care insurance allows us, it's so important because it allows us to pull that money out tax-free and not have to convert those assets to income. One of the highest ongoing claims, by the way, out there from an insurance company right now has reached over a million dollars. That means the insurance company has paid out over a million dollars in long-term care claims. It's actually to a gentleman, believe it or not. And just think about this person. If they did not have long-term care insurance, even if they had the money to pay for all of that care, how much more money would they need than the million dollars? Because remember, they'd have to pay taxes along the way. And every time they pulled money out of the retirement account, that just pushes their adjusted gross income up. They can offset and deduct some of the medical costs, but again, we're pushing up our adjusted gross income and we got to pay taxes along the way. So you've really got to think about that kind of situation when you run into these long-term care situations that a dollar is not a dollar. And in fact, we were talking about that before on prior uh, radio shows is that the, the money that you buy with long-term care insurance is discounted money. That money's costing you 10 cents or 20 cents or 30 cents compared to that full dollar that you're paying out of your pocket. So again, that's why I kind of describe that is when you think about long-term care insurance, just think about that as a bucket of money or a bucket of cash because you receive those benefits tax-free. Now, what about on the funding side of it? So we know those benefits come back to us tax-free, but did you know there's also ways to get deductions on the funding side? So let's talk about those for a quick second. Number one, if you're self-employed, as corporation, partnership, sole proprietor, doesn't matter, you can deduct part of the long-term care insurance premiums up to the IRS limits each year. So, for instance, if you're 50 to 60 years old, it's about $1,700 a year, $1,690. If you're 60 to 70, it's going to jump up to $4,520 this year. If you're over 70, it's $5,640. So you can deduct that amount out of your business per person if you're self-employed. If you're an employed person, you can deduct those same amounts, the IRS limits, and again, they change every year. You can deduct that out of a health savings account, so an HSA account. Now, 
if you're a C corporation or you're an LLC taxed as a C corporation, you're not subject to those IRS limits. You can write off 100% of the premiums for your employees. So a C corporation, that's the difference. S corporation, those profits or losses flow down to you. A C corporation, you're actually an employee of the company. You can write off 100% of the premiums for the long-term care insurance without limitation. Now, the last way that you can get a deduction on long-term care on funding it is if your expenses, so your medical expenses in any given year this year are over 7.5% of your adjusted gross income, you can then deduct the premium. So if you got in a bad car accident and let's say you're making $100,000 a year and you had $10,000 of medical expenses, well, you could add in your long-term care insurance premiums into that and other insurance premiums and you could deduct those that year as well too. So that's the tax deduction favorability on the front end. And then there's one other advantage that is often overlooked, and this is due to the Pension Protection Act that went into effect in 2010, and that's 1035 exchanges. This is when we're taking money out of life insurance or we're taking money out of an annuity and we're moving that money into a long-term care contract. We've got a lot of tax advantages for those types of transactions as well too. And actually stick around because at the, the last segment of the show today, I got a great question of the week and I'm going to get to that. That was a question asking about funding a long-term care plan with an existing annuity. And I'm going to go over some of the advantages and the tax advantages of that program. So you need to understand taxes are just, they're a big part of our life. Like Ed Slot, the book I'm reading, you know, the, 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 the retirement nightmare time bomb is just, it's, he's talking about all the taxes that we're going to be paid. We have these IRAs, we have these 401ks, they're going to get eaten up by taxes, but then also people forget about on the spending side, how many taxes that we're already paying out there that we just can't avoid. Every time we buy something, we're paying some kind of tax or service fee or something. And so taxes are a big, big part of it. And so what we're trying to do is say, hey, in a time of need, you're going to have all these other issues going anyway. So why don't you have a tax-free stream of income coming in and show you a tax-efficient way to set up that plan on the front side? That's really what you can do with a good long-term care plan. Now, one of my favorite uh, parts of the planning process, I got to admit, is trying to figure out these tax loopholes. Is there a way that we can get you some deductions on the front end of funding a long-term care plan? And that's exactly what we're going to do in this next segment when we come back. We've got a client of the week, and I'm going to show you how we took advantages of the tax code and set up a long-term care plan and help them get some deductions on the front side. So stick around. We'll be right back to the client of the week. Due to recent changes in the Pension Protection Act, new asset-based plans guarantee a tax-free benefit for long-term care and pay you back with interest if you never use it. Learn more and sign up for one of Brian's free classes at 525longtermcare.com. Have you heard? Beginning next year, all W-2 employees in our state will be taxed for long-term care, but not if you have an existing plan in place. The new government program will make Washington State employees pay for a long-term care plan through a new payroll tax. You won't have a choice, and you won't be able to opt out unless you have an existing plan in place, like my wife and I do, through 525 Advisors. Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans by attending a free live webinar Saturday, June 5th at 9 a.m. If you can't attend, there's another one Wednesday, June 9th at 3. Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good long-term care plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it, protecting your loved ones and everything you've worked so hard for. 
They also have plans to pay you back if you never need it. So attend the free live webinar Saturday, June 5th at 9 a.m. There's also another one Wednesday, June 9th at 3. Register now at 525longtermcare.com. Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble. And now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment This is Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Listen and learn information from a certified long-term care planning specialist. You can email your questions to radio at 525advisors.com. And welcome back, and thanks again for tuning in. Um, and if you're new to long-term care radio, we do have we have long-term care radio podcasts, and you can grab that on iTunes or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can also get it at our website at 525longtermcare.com. We are actually live uh, four times on the weekend in the Seattle market right now, and that's at 8 o'clock on Cairo, 9 o'clock on KVI. Uh, We're on noon, or I'm sorry, at 1 o'clock on KTTH on Saturday, and then back on Sunday at noon on KVI. So lots of opportunity. I know a lot of people will get bits and pieces of those radio shows. Maybe they jump in the car and they stumble across us. Well, you can always get the full episodes at our website or just anywhere you get podcasts. Just look up Long-Term Care Radio Podcast and you will find us. So um, so we're talking about taxes. And again, the advantages to long-term care is those benefits are always tax-free to you. So when you file a claim and you start receiving your six or eight or $10,000 a month, that is not income. That's, that's tax-free revenue for you to pay for your care. And it doesn't matter if that care is in your home or if that care is in a nice high-end assisted living facility, it's tax-free money for you to pay for that care. And on the front side, when you're funding a plan, so you're setting up that long-term care plan, there's some distinct things that we can do to help you get some tax advantages. And we just kind of went over those, whether it's self-employed or paying out of a health savings account or doing a 1035 exchange or whatever it is. So there's some things that we can do there. And this week, I had a great uh, client of the week that I want to share with you. This is Scott, who is 61, and Melissa, who is 59. Um, both are still working full-time and will be for at least another five years. And Scott owns a company uh, that two of his adult children are actually working at as well, too. And Melissa is a full-time W-2 employee for another employer out there. Now, when they came to us, their biggest concern was protecting the business for the children and not having to sell off the assets. And this is really, you know, we've had several cases of this where like dad runs the business and dad has a stroke. And next thing you know, 
not only do they not have anybody to run the business, but they don't have the money to pay for care and they've got to sell that business. And so that's kind of a nightmare for people because businesses, you know, they, 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 in something, it's just like my dad, my dad died in an accident. He had a, a logging company in Southern Colorado. And as soon as he was out of the picture, you know, he had seven employees and the, the business just went straight downhill. So that's very difficult. And so if my dad wouldn't have died, he would have been in long-term care. It would have been the same type of situation. We would have had to probably sell the business in a fire sale, and it would have been the same net result as him not being there. So a lot of people that own businesses understand that. That's their biggest asset. They've built this business over time, and it would be hard to liquidate, especially in a, in a rush, and, and people are trying to avoid that. So their biggest concern, of course, was that they wanted to protect the business for their kids. Um, they wanted to, um, you know, stay in their house and, and, and age and be in control of their care options. And going over this, you know, we, we started talking about some of the different concerns. And Melissa and her sister, um, you know, both, th- this is, you know, kind of a sad story there, but their mom was in a long-term care and they just had to move her into an assisted living facility. And Melissa was just saying her and her sister just did not have the time to put in to provide all the care that mom needed and they had caregivers coming in. But when you get to that point where you need somebody there 16, 20, 24 hours a day, it gets cost prohibitive at home, especially if you don't have a long-term care plan. So they were trying to take care of their mom's house. They just had moved their mom into an assisted living facility. Of course, her mom thought she was going to move back to her house at any day. And so they got these double expenses. And so Melissa saw just firsthand how expensive long-term care situations. So that was one of her big concerns. And Scott did too. I think it really opened Scott's eyes. He always figured he had a good business. He had good income, good assets. He could just pay for the care along the way. But he also saw the complexity of of all the decisions that had to be made that his wife and his sister-in-law were going through. So that was a lot of their concerns. And, and Scott was really just concerned about you know, if something happened to him, what would happen to the business? If something happened to his wife, he couldn't manage her in the business. And so there were just a lot of uh, problems brought to the front watching, you know, Melissa's mom go through this long-term care situation. Now, they had a very diverse balance sheet. They had assets. Most of it was in the business, of course, but they had savings, they had cash, and they had some retirement accounts as well. What we found out during the discussion with them is was, they have three children, two of which are involved in the business that Scott built up. Um, they have four grandchildren that are a big part of their life. They see them on a regular basis, and they want to continue that. Scott built his business from scratch, and he structured it as a C corporation now. So keep that in mind. It's a C corporation. Um, Melissa is an account manager working full-time as a W-2 employee. Um, she has a great job. She really likes it. They both plan on working at least five more years. They have a second home in Montana that they enjoy, and they will probably spend more time there, possibly even move there full time. Um, they have assets, again, in retirement accounts, cash, savings, CDs, investments. So they have kind of you know money spread all over the place. They want to pass on the business to the children. That's a big thing. That's, that's something that's very important to them. They would like to leave assets to the family. Um, they'd like to pay for, for college for the grandkids if they can. That was on their bucket list of things that they would like to do. And they also had a, a, a giving bug, they, they, you know, charity. They said, look, we would rather give our money to charity and to our family than to pay for extended health care and just whittle all of our hard-earned savings down. And I, I think that's honorable. You know, a lot of people think, well, I've got plenty of money to pay for care, but what could that money really do? I mean, if you could just spend a fraction of that instead of all of it, I mean, what could you do with the rest of that money? And that was something that was very important to them. 
they really like the idea of having that concierge claim service that I talk about all the time. That is where, you know, somebody files a claim and they've got somebody on the other end of that phone that is assigned to them that can help them understand the language of a long-term care situation. Where do you find the support you need? What's the difference between a physical and a cognitive impairment? So on and so forth. And again, I describe this concierge claim service. If anybody that has a nice credit card, like an American Express, American Express Gold or Platinum card, you got some kind of concierge service, you could call them on the back. So if you fly down to San Diego for the weekend, you call that concierge number and say, hey, I'm, you know, I'm looking for a restaurant. I'm at such and such location or such and such hotel. Are there any good Italian restaurants? And they'll pull up a list. Say, yeah, here's five. I mean, they don't tell you which one to go to, but they say, here's five. These are you know, two top rated. Our clients really like this one the best, but you're ultimately still in control of where you're going to go eat. That's kind of what that concierge claim service does for these long-term care plans. It's somebody on your side of the table there that's going to guide you and your family because they understand the language. They understand the plan of care. They understand the Medicare coding. They understand all that stuff that's involved. Um, they wanted a meaningful policy. So this was something that was very important to to Melissa especially. She said, you know, I don't want to worry about running into a cognitive situation. That's really where her mom was at. Her mom had some physical impairments, but her mom was also starting to become cognitively impaired. And she's like, gosh, this could just go on forever. So we want something that's just truly going to cover a catastrophic event as opposed to just one or two years. And they did not want payments in their retirement. So they're planning on working for another five years. They're like, I'd like to avoid carrying payments into our retirement. We just don't want those bills. We want to free up our life when we retire. And not having those ongoing payments would be something that would be very important to them. So that's kind of the discussion that we found out about them. These were all kind of hot trigger points. And this is the information that our client coordinator collects a lot of this information. And then it's passed on to me so that when I sit down with these people, I kind of know what's important to them and I can talk to them and I can bring up different points and things and it helps me design a plan that is right for your situation. And so here's what we did for them. They wanted really an asset-based plan. They wanted something that would pay them back if they didn't use it. That was important to them. They wanted that concierge claim service. So that's what we really settled on. We settled on an asset-based plan for the long-term care insurance. Now, we are setting up a plan that's going to give them each $144,000 a year. And folks, that's per person. So if they were both on claim, they both got in an accident, or they both grow old together and both end up in a assisted living together, they could pull out $288,000 a year out of this policy for an unlimited amount of time. It's a true catastrophic unlimited lifetime benefit plan. Now, they each get their $12,000 a month, but on top of that, this plan is also going to give them $24,000 for caregiver training, which means family members. So if I need to take a class on Alzheimer's to really help you know, understand what my mom is going through and the best way to manage her, or I need to take a class on medications because my, my loved one has is, is got this complex series of medications and I can't mix these two within four hours or whatever it is, they will pay for that caregiver training class as well too. So they can pull out $24,000 to train family members. They can also pull out $24,000 to pay for medical equipment, which includes home improvement. So imagine that you have a stroke, you're at the hospital for a couple of weeks and then they say, okay, you know, you're done here. You got to go home and you can do your rehab or, or you can stay here. Most people say, I want to go home, but now you need an access ramp to get in your house or you need grab handles in the bathroom or you need an adjustable bed or an intravenous pump or a stair lift. They can pull out $24,000 out of this plan to do those kind of things, to make their house a safe, comfortable environment for their extended care situation. 
Now, when I talk about these caregiver benefits and these um, long-term care benefits and the, these home health care and improvements in medical, that is not either or. That's on top of the $12,000 a month that they're going to get every month for their long-term care tax-free. Now, this plan has a concierge-level service. That means that once we file a claim, whether we do it for them or they do it directly themselves, they're going to call an 800 number. Someone is going to be assigned to them. They're going to have that direct line for that person. So they're going to have one contact person for them and their family through, through their entire journey. Um, Zero-day waiting period for home health care and community care. That means they don't have to wait for care. So if they, they, they you know end up in a long-term care event, they can start receiving care in their home day one. They don't have to go through an elimination period. Now, this plan also has a $400,000 face amount, or what we call a second-to-die death benefit. What that simply means is that at the end of the day, at the end of their journey, they're going to look at that account, and they're going to say, okay, if you never use long-term care, we're giving $400,000 back to the family. If you do use long-term care, it's $400,000 minus any of the long-term care benefits you paid out. But here's the catch on this. We filed or funded this plan in a very unique way to get some tax benefits, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to do one deposit up front of $229,000, and then we're going to do four annual payments of $27,600. So that four, those, those four annual payments actually start year two. So we were going to have the, the lump sum going in up front, and then we're going to have four annual payments of $27,000. $600. Now, what I want you to understand about on this is that because they are a C corporation or because of the, the business is a C corporation, that's the way it's taxed. What we're able to do is we're able to take and pay some of this premium out of the business and get them some tax benefits. So Scott's business as a C corporation, the first year he's going to pay $59,000 out of that business year one. Starting in year two, he's going to have four-level payments. They're going to come annually, $27,600. He gets to write that entire check out of the C corporation. So out of that $329,000 that they're going to put, or $339,000 they are putting into that plan, they are going to get to pay $170,000 out of the business. So that is a tax write-off for the business. So if the business is taxed at 20% corporate level, guess what? they save 20% on those premiums because that is coming out of the business. So their total that they're putting in is 339000 Remember, they're guaranteed to get $400,000 back. So that means they're still going to get more money back than they put in regardless of what happens, whether they use long-term care, they don't, or they use, just use a little bit of long-term care, at least four hundred is coming back. But if they need extended long-term care for five years, 10 years, 15 years, they have that $144,000 per person per year for an unlimited amount of time. And what's wonderful about this plan is the average person just can write a check, get into the plan, and go. But by separating this out and scheduling, the reason why we did it over five years is because he thought it was going to work five years. The life insurance portion on these asset-based plans is not a tax deduction, so that's why we're just going to write off 59000 the first year out of that initial 229000 that other 170 is really just paying for that second-to-die life insurance portion. So the IRS says, look, you can have that $400,000 back tax-free, but you don't get to deduct all of it. You get to deduct just a portion of it, which is covering the life insurance, and the rest of it, the long-term care insurance premium that's added in there, that's the part that we can separate out and deduct. Now, folks, I know these numbers are hard on the radio, but what I want you to take away from this 
They're putting money into the plan. They're putting less money into the plan than they're guaranteed to get back. They have true catastrophic lifetime long-term care coverage, and they get to deduct some of those premiums along the way, which will save them even more money. So I just love designing these plans that way, and um, it's just really a great, great opportunity when you can set up a long-term care plan, get the benefits tax-free, but pay into it and get some deductions on the front end as well, too. So uh, I've got to come up for air here. We're going to head into our last break and stick around. I got a question of the week from Carrie up in Stanwood, Washington, about doing a 1035 exchange. I will explain what that is when we get back. Many people with near or over a million dollars in assets will mistakenly pay more in taxes in a long-term care situation than it would have cost them to set up an insurance plan to pay for the care needed. Learn more by attending Brian's free asset-based class. Sign up now at 525longtermcare.com. Have you heard? Beginning next year, all W-2 employees in our state will be taxed for long-term care, but not if you have an existing plan in place. The new government program will make Washington State employees pay for a long-term care plan through a new payroll tax. You won't have a choice, and you won't be able to opt out unless you have an existing plan in place, like my wife and I do, through 525 advisors. Learn about this new payroll tax and new long-term care plans by attending a free live webinar Saturday, June 5th at 9 a.m. If you can't attend, there's another one Wednesday, June 9th at 3. Long-term care is such an important part of retirement planning. A good long-term care plan from 525 Advisors can make sure your care is funded and managed when you need it, protecting your loved ones and everything you've worked so hard for. They also have plans that pay you back if you never need it. So attend the free live webinar Saturday, June 5th at 9 a.m. There's also another one Wednesday, June 9th at 3. Register now at 525longtermcare.com. Take the burden off your loved ones by making sure your care is funded and managed in a time of need. Visit 525longtermcare.com to learn more and sign up for the next live webinar with Brian Ott. Go to 525longtermcare.com. Hey, it's Story Monson with Zach Abraham, Chief Investment Officer at Bulwark Capital. And Zach, recently one of the largest investment banks in the country, finally published research showing why a 60-40 stock bond portfolio is outdated. This is something you've been talking about on Know Your Risk Radio for years. Now they're jumping on the bandwagon. Dory, it certainly feels that way. This research shows exactly what we've been telling people for years now. Using bonds as the safe portion of your portfolio is a serious gamble. And now is not the time to be gambling your retirement. With Bulwark's bond replacement strategy, we'll show you how to protect your portfolio against loss, but still grow your assets. We teach you exactly how to do it in our free booklet, Common Sense Investing. Call Zach right now to get your free copy of Common Sense Investing. Call 866-779-RISK or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client service agreement where the firm is licensed to conduct business. Bulwark Capital is a DBA of Clear Creek Financial Management, a registered investment advisor. Are you confused about the best way to protect your family and savings? Get answers now by listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott, certified long-term care planning specialist with 525 Advisors. And welcome back. Thanks again for tuning into the Long-Term Care Radio podcast. By the way, um, we do have two more classes coming up here shortly. Um, We're rolling into June, believe it or not. Um, This is Memorial Day weekend, and uh, I know everybody's hopefully going to get out there and get their summer kicked off and started. Um, We are going to start the following weekend on the 5th, that's Saturday the 5th, at 9 a.m. with our next long-term care planning class. 
And then Wednesday the 9th, the following week, we're going to have another class at 3 p.m. We're trying to squeeze these in the beginning of the month because we're going to try to, to help as many people as we can in June. And then we got July 4th coming up, which is going to slow down, and we'll plan our next classes around that July 4th holiday for July but we'll continue to do these webinars every month. We're always going to try to do one on Saturday morning because everybody's just told us that uh, a lot of people said that that really works out well. And then for those that you can make it during the week in the middle of the afternoon, if that's more convenient, we're going to do one during the week as well too. So again, look for those webinars on our website at 525longtermcare.com. And by the way, all you do is you you click on the link and it signs up. It's going to uh, it's going to send you an email. And inside that email, there's just going to be a link. And when you're ready, you just click on it, and that's going to bring you into the webinar room. You do not have to download any software. It's not like Zoom or GoToMeeting or, or Teams or any of those softwares where you have to do what they call an executable. It's super easy to use. So you can watch it on your smartphone. You can watch it on your tablet, whatever you want to do. And again, you can also get uh, lots of resources on our website as well there too and kind of learn more about our process there. So that's 525longtermcare.com. I got to tell you, I just, uh, I eat an apple before the show here and I'm uh, pounding water and I'm getting a little winded. I get all, I always get excited on those client of the weeks um, because, you know, some of these plans, they just sound too good to be true. And I get people all the time that ask me, why doesn't everybody do this? And I'm like, well, most people don't think they're ever going to use it. And a lot of people just don't understand these plans are out there. But that's why we try to bring a bunch of different ways that we design plans onto the radio program each week. So you guys can kind of get a taste and learn. And then there's also examples on our website. And for those of you that come to our webinar, we have a book that we can either send out in PDF format or we'll mail it out to you that has more examples in it too. And it just kind of covers everything that we go over in the class as well too. So just a good way for you to kind of learn about different ways we put some of these plans together. So let's get to our question uh, of the week. I got a question of the week. And if you have one again, you can always send that to us through our website as well. But this question came from Carrie up in Stanwood, Washington. And uh, Carrie says, I am wondering if I can fund a long-term care annuity with an existing annuity. I have read this is called a 1035 exchange. Could this be a funding source? And the short answer is absolutely yes. Um, The Pension Protection Act, uh, it was signed into law in 2006 by President Bush, went into effect in 2010, and basically provides some additional tax advantages on asset-based long-term care plans, but it also gave us the ability to do what Kerry is talking about, exchange one product into a long-term care product. And there's really two different things that you can do here, Carrie. A 1035 exchange on a life insurance plan is also possible, and that's very common for us. The reason why you would do it is, let's say you have a permanent life insurance policy, and you've paid $100,000 in premiums over the years, and now the actual surrender value or the value of that life insurance policy, if you just call them up and cancel it, is worth $150,000. Well, you have a $50,000 gain, so you would have to pay tax on that money when you pulled it out. But if you take that $150,000 of value and you do a 1035 exchange, so we just convert the value of that into a new asset-based long-term care plan, well, you can do that. And there's no tax on that gain at that point. And if you trigger it for long-term care, you get to pull all of that money out tax-free. And if you don't and you just die, well, all the proceeds are paid back to your estate tax-free as well too. So that's what's really great about the 1035 exchange on the life insurance side. Now, the other version that we do of this is a 1035 exchange using an existing annuity. So think of an annuity as a savings account. There are variable annuities that are variable, meaning up and down, but th- those are just, again, very few people sell those. Some of the, you have to be financial uh, licensed to sell the variable annuity because there's risk involved. 
But for the average annuity, whether it's fixed, that means it's just like a CD paying 3%, 2%, 5%, whatever it is. You say, I want five years, two years, three years, and they're going to guarantee that rate. That's a fixed annuity. The other thing is a indexed annuity. So an indexed annuity is going to say, we'll give you the first 5% of the stock market gain, but none of the downside. So the idea is that your, your, your plan can grow by 5%, but it will never go down in value. And the idea behind these annuities is they're just savings vehicles. They're not really investments. You're never going to lose your principal balance, but the idea is you're putting it in there so it grows over time. Well, an annuity is different than a CD or a savings account because the interest that you earn is deferred. So it works like a retirement account. So the same thing here, if Carrie puts $100,000 into an annuity and it's a deferred annuity and, and 20 years down the road, she looks at that and it's worth you know $150,000. Well, she's going to look at that and say, I've got a $50,000 gain in my annuity. If she surrenders it, she would pay tax on that $50,000. Now, if she takes that $150,000 annuity and she does a 1035 exchange into a long-term care annuity, again, that's a tax-free event. And the reason why she would do that is because that $150,000 in the annuity would turn into $450,000 of long-term care insurance. Now, think about that. The easy way to work on this, um, take whatever you deposit. So say $100,000, you multiply it times three, that's 300,000. That's how much long-term care insurance you have. And you would divide it by 72. That's how much benefit you get per month. So $100,000 today would equal roughly $4,100 a month for six years of tax-free long-term care benefit. The advantages of doing that and what Carrie's asking, if she has an annuity that has gain in it, so let's just say she bought one for 50,000, you know, 10 years ago, and now it's worth 100000 Well, if she takes that $100,000 annuity that she has today and she cancels it, she's got to pay tax on 50000 If she ex- does the 1035 exchange into a new long-term care savings-based annuity plan, she gets $300,000 of long-term care insurance, and all of that comes out tax-free, including the gain that she has right now. So really, she'd be looking at her cost basis of 50000 just got her $300,000 of long-term care insurance. Folks, that is really the home run, the Babe Ruth, the home run, because they are literally billions of dollars of deferred annuities out there. The reason why people set them up is because they just grow in value, but they don't have to pay tax on that interest along the way. And most of the fixed deferred annuities are going to outperform CDs anyway. And then you get the advantage of it being tax deferred. Well, the problem is a lot of people just set on those and they don't know what to do with them. And then if they end up in a long-term care situation and they pull those that money out of that annuity, they've got to claim that annuity as income. If they do a 1035 exchange in, they're going to get leverage. They're going to get that two or three times more than what their value is. And all of that money comes out tax-free. So it's one of my favorite ways to get around paying unnecessary taxes is doing a 1035 exchange. So that's a great question, Carrie. Um, And yeah, so think about it. If you have life insurance that has a surrender value in it, or you have an annuity, a deferred annuity, any kind of annuity that's sitting out there just sitting there with value in it, that is worth more than what you put into the plan, that's where we would look for a 1035 exchange. So um, thanks again for sticking around with me this weekend. I hope everybody has a wonderful Memorial Day weekend and safe and enjoy the time with the family if you're going to take the day off. And we will be back next week with another new show. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Long-Term Care Radio with Brian Ott. Event info, planning resources, and long-term care radio podcasts can all be found at 525longtermcare.com. To schedule an appointment with Brian Ott, call 425-748-8188. 
That's 425-748-8188. For more information on the show or to sign up for a free long-term care planning class, visit 525longtermcare.com. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 to Long-Term Care Radio with your host, Brian Ott, on Cairo Radio. 